Earth podcast with your host, Jake Weaver, engineered by Cedric Swan. Hey, everybody, we are back with another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver, and we're here to bring you more knowledge more light, and more love. Well, we have a returning guest this week, founder of the School of Living Astrology, incredible human being, Tyler Penor is here. We're going to talk about even more of the things that we learned previously. We're going to expand on what we learned previously. It's going to be absolutely amazing. But first, before we talk to Tyler, I need you to do something for me. Go check out our new Patreon. That's right. Midnight on Earth has a Patreon now where you can go and be a patron. Become a supporter. Become a direct supporter of the podcast. Helping it grow. Helping me be the best podcast host I can be. And again, helping the guests. It's helping the guests and their mission. There's different tiers of support. Go there. If you're feeling this, if you've been loving this podcast and you love me and you love what I do and you want to support this, you want to help get the messages of the people that come on the show out more, sign up and become a patron at patreon.com. The address is patreon.com slash midnight on earth. Go check it out. There's an intro video. There's different tiers again. Pick a tier that suits you. Because here's the thing. The more I am able to free up my time and energy to give back to the show, to put into the show, the better the show will get. And that's you directly putting in your direct support. We want this podcast and the information that's on this podcast to be readily available and accessible to everyone around the world at all times. Now it is, but we've got to get the word out there more. And in order to do that, I need your help. I need you to become a patron and support this show. I'm going to be talking about it more. I'm just really figuring everything out with Patreon. But the page is there. You can go to the page, patreon.com slash midnight on earth, and you'll find the page and you can see how to support. And there's different bonus things that you can unlock. And also we will have some exclusive content there. But regardless, just know that you're supporting me. You're supporting me directly and you're allowing this great work that I'm doing to continue. I jungle a lot of different things in my life in order to have energy free at certain times in order to conduct these interviews, in order to edit and produce these episodes, in order to promote it and get it out there more. It takes a lot of energy. I'm negotiating a lot of different things. With your help, it frees up even more of my energy and time because you can support me directly and support the podcast. So again, go to patreon.com 
slash midnight on earth. Check out the tiers and support the show. One more time, that's patreon.com slash midnight on earth. And when you're done with that, of course, follow me on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth. That is the address. You can follow us there. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you go to get your podcasts, click that button that connects us so you get those instant notifications. When episodes premiere, you know about it right away. And of course, most importantly, tell a friend, tell someone that you know that would love to learn about this new form of astrology, living astrology. It's absolutely amazing. You know your friends, these people that are in your life that would like to know about this. Bring them here. Midnightonearth.com. Okay, we're almost to Tyler, but we're going to read his bio. So here we go. Tyler Penor is the founder of the School of Living Astrology and a practicing astrologer whose mission is to restore the art back to its roots as a tool to understand ourselves and to live in balance and harmony with nature and the world we live in. His personal astrological journey began in the year 2000 at age 15, and he began sharing his services as an astrologer in 2010. Living Astrology is the name he gave to his specific style and approach to astrology as his focus is on the present moment and living in tune with nature and its cycles. He is not a fortune teller or magician. He is a humble astrologer who comes from the heart and is sincere in doing his best to help others to believe in themselves and reach their highest potential. His grand vision is to help restore the art of astrology back into our daily lives in a way that is practical and comprehensible in order to reignite our mystical connection to life once again and to join with other like-minded individuals and share these teachings with the world. It is the responsibility of the astrologers alive now to pass on the wisdom we have received and teach the proper use of this powerful healing art. Wow, that's incredible. Tyler, thank you so much for being here. You're back. Welcome back. Yeah, really happy to be back. Good to talk to you again, and yeah, thanks for for inviting me back on. It's been over two years. I can't actually believe that that much time has passed, but time, it seems, is speeding up as we ascend to this new place, wherever we're going as humans. So two years went by like the blink of an eye. Yeah, absolutely, especially with with me having, I think I was, I just had a kid right when we were talking, and now she's approaching two and a half and we have another one on the way. So, <laughs> so yeah, two years goes, a lot happens in two years. <laughs> well, congratulations on that. Congratulations on your second child now on the way. Uh, how much longer until the due date you think? Uh, due dates end of February. So February 24th. So we're, 
we're really getting close and really starting to prepare. You know, we're going to have the birth at home. And so, so yeah, it seems like this, this pregnancy really flew by compared to the the first one. So. (laughs) Wow. And how do you like being a dad? I mean, it kind of activates a whole nother layer of perceptive awareness. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, it, I, I think I said this before. It's like, it's just, it's like you, 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 you get this gift of like this feeling of love you didn't know existed before, you know, that you could have for a, a another human, you know? And, um, and then, yeah, just, it's like, everything's new with them. And it's like, you get to see everything new again. And, and, um, it's, it's just the best. Yeah. I, I love it. And I'm excited to, to have another one come in and, <laughs> um, and then as an astrologer too, it's like, I get to, I got to witness like a lot of the things that I, I talk about the cycles, you know, as we grow as humans, we kind of hit these different um, cycles and milestones that everybody goes through, you know, the, um, you know, the first time the moon comes back around to where it was when she was born, you know, at a month and getting to see the change in the eyes. And, um, and then of course the Mars return it too, where, you know, the, the Mars awakens, <laughs> you know, in that, that kind of burst of energy and running around. And so I get to witness these different cycles actually happen you know where before it was like i would talk about them but um but yeah with my daughter now i get to like actually witness you know them happening at that stage of life so it's it's been really amazing with that awareness you're saying with that lens you're looking at this human developing and seeing the correlations as they happen in real time it's happening for you yeah yeah so it's 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 like uh it's amazing. And it's also like, I'm learning a lot, you know, um, it's, it's helped my, my understanding and my teachings, you know, of astrology as well, especially with that early life stuff. And, and then, you know, I've helped a lot of people in the past who would want, you know, family consultations. They have a kid, they want me to look at their chart for them. And, and I've done that a lot over the years, but now it's like, I actually get to, to do that for my own child, you know, and, and just to see, and, and witness, you know, the, these, these parts of themselves kind of coming to life and, and them expressing the different parts of like her chart, you know, and, and, and how obvious it is too. And just, and being able to facilitate, you know, as a parent, um, the growth of those different potentials, you know? And so, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been amazing. Yeah. That seems like a whole other type of parenting astrological parenting look the school of astrological parenting this could be a thing for you i I, i'm not i've never heard that before and and, you know it makes sense nobody's really thinking about this all the returns that you just mentioned that's deep astrology you know most people just think about their saturn return as like the Mm -hmm. trendy one but like that's about it and the last time you were on, we talked about Chiron return and how that affects a person's life. And there's other things like you're saying, like the 30 day, the Mars return. It's really interesting how we're bound by these objects. Why do you feel like that is like, why do you feel like a celestial object can have an effect on a human being on a planet earth? Like even in an emotional a feeling, like what is that? How is that possible? in your opinion? Well, I mean, if you think about it, like we, our whole life, we were born here on this planet earth and this planet earth is moving through infinite space with the sun and these other planets moving in a specific rhythm, 
you know? Um, so the timing of everything, it's like, we're built by this solar system. The way it moves is how we move. Every cell in our body is moving and vibrating along with this whole solar system, you know? So, um, that's the thing is like, we're, you know, our birth chart shows us the moment within that movement that we were born. And, and so that pulse that we have, and then our life grows from there and we make choices. And that's kind of the, that's always the thing, like where people struggle with astrology is that like the whole fate versus free will when really they're happening at the same time, you know, we're, we're fated to our birth chart. We're fated to the, the cycles that are going to occur, the transits that are going to occur in our chart that you can map that out for your whole life and you can't change that. That's just, how it's going to be. But we have the free will to navigate ourselves through these cycles and these changes. And, um, and yeah, and like going back to uh, one of one of my students favorite classes that I do in, in, in the school is the whole human growth cycle from birth till I go to about 100 age 120, the cycles that we all go through, no matter what, like we all have our own birth chart, our own different transits and, and cycles, but we all have you know, like you were referencing the Saturn return that that happens for everybody around 29 and a half, you know, the, our first Mars return happens at the age of two, you know, and then the Jupiter return at 11.88 years, right before our 12th birthday, you know? So those are the things that are constant that happen. It's, it's like the growth of the human being itself has a pattern to it. And that's reflected in the cycles of the planets in, in our solar system every year, sun goes around, 365 days, you know, it's like, that's one revolution of the sun. We call it our birthday, you know, but Mercury, Venus, Mars, all the planets, they have their own cycle and rhythm. So there's parts in us that move with that, you know? And so everybody at two has a Mars return. Everybody just before their 12th birthday has the Jupiter return. You know, that's the puberty, right? We expand and grow. And then, yeah, then there's the, there's the big ones, but then there's all these little tiny ones in between and like, um, and, and when you lay it out and, you know, I take people from birth all the way till if you were to live to 120, the different cycles at the different times that every human goes through. And it's, it's, it's just amazing at how it lays out the general path of how a human grows. You know, we're different when we're 65 than we are when we're five years old, you know, and the, the, the planets tell that story in those cycles. And it's, it's, it's really fascinating. I remember when I like was putting that class together, I was actually just exploring it. I was like, okay, let's like, see what are the cycles everybody goes through at different times. You know, we know the Saturn return, but what about all the little smaller ones, you know? And, um, and when you put it all together and look at it, it's just kind of, it's kind of mind blowing. And it, and it really does paint a good, picture of of what it's like as as a human as it grows you know so when you did that research and you found all of these returns and, and you mapped that out who determined the effects of those returns obviously they're coming from prehistory perhaps like where is the foundation of that knowledge coming from well from from wise people th through a long period of time paying attention like all of astrology I always try and think of like, where did astrology come from? You know, um, like what, how did people discover that Mars represents this or Saturn represents this? And, you know, you got to realize like, say at the beginning of human beings, whenever that was right. 
people see we're not going to look at the world the way we do you know they don't have nearly as many distractions they don't have light pollution so like the sky was their tv you know it's like they're paying attention and then they're witnessing their life which is much more in tune with natural rhythms you know your your life depended on it you know moving with the seasons um planting crops or hunting and you know everything it was like the human being back then was much different than now we're 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 now tuned into you know a whole other realm <laughs> you know of of life um we have nature but then we have you know now the the, the internet human dimension and, yeah whatever the human dimension yeah. is <laughs> <laughs> but so so to me it the birth of astrology was just from survival like paying attention to natural rhythms cycles um, and it integrated into the human being more and more as they learned and wise people passed on, you know, wisdom to to the next generation and the next and um, systems got formed around that like, oh, you know, Mar so say Mars moves at this time period, it's back where it was. And what happens to people at two years old? You know, well, there's if you pay attention, you'll notice at two years old this Mars energy awakens, you know, and the, that's what we call it. The terrible twos, temper tantrums, the running and jumping and movement. So Mars is that birth of action, the birth of, of energy, the outgoing energy, what we would call the masculine energy that moves out where Venus, you know, pulls in and reflects and, and, um, and, you know, receives Mars goes out. So Mars is like the outward energy and Venus is the inward. So, so yeah, just basically to me, it was, astrology is born from the the wisest of the people who paid attention to life and its cycles and then they passed it on and now you know who knows how long it's been but in this modern day now we have you know all of this wisdom that it's just like every astrologer is pouring their wisdom into this and and the ones that this is why i say it's it's up to the astrologers today how it gets passed on because we're adding to that well of wisdom and it's and we're shaping it and this tool is changing and growing um because life is that way too you know it's like no cycle ever repeats so it's a constant growth process and a constant learning process so so now we have even uh in our human world we got our um you know our calculations we can use our computer to to pull up a birth chart like that where back in the day people would have to draw it up and figure it out you know <laughs> and so and so yes, yeah so, it, so humanity that, it's prehistory it's coming from the roots of humanity true knowledge being passed down through mystery schools through enlightened people through all of these teaching like mechanisms this happened and it's all there now. You can see it in, like you're saying, you, you watch these cycles happen. You can see the effects on people's lives. It seems like those returns are more fixed as far as like, you know, like how it corresponds to millions and millions of people versus people's astrological charts, which are so varied and have so many different variables. Mm -hmm. But the returns seem to be pretty concrete in the way they affect people at those times in their life. Yeah, I mean, it's it's because it's built into the cycles. The planets move as fast as they move. So from whenever you were born, Saturn takes, you know, 29 and a half years roughly to go all the way around. So at the age of 29 and a half, we all have our Saturn return. So the planet within the planet. But now to other planets, it's, you know, depending on your birth chart, Saturn may transit your sun when you're five years old. 
or it might, you know, do it when you're 25 years old. It depends on the relate where Saturn and the sun is in your birth chart. So that's the unique like uh, cycles and transits within our own personal chart. But everybody planet to planet wise, like Saturn, you know, our Saturn return, because it's we're just talking about one planet. It moves that fast. So no matter what, for everybody at 29 and a half, you have the Saturn return. At two years old, you have the Mars return, you know. And so, so yeah, there's there's the constant that no matter what, every human being goes. That's why it lays out kind of the the growth path that that every human takes. But yeah, within that, we all have our own unique um uh experiences and transits within all of those you know so it's like you got the main structure then you got like kind of the the unique side and it's kind of like all of us right like okay you're a human i'm a human for the most part every human has a head two eyes a nose (laughs) arms legs right we all have this human form but we none of us are the same we don't nobody (laughs) nobody is identical you know we all use these physical human bodies in our own unique way. You know, some of us are athletes. Some of us are, you know, genius computer editors. You know, it's like there's all these different expressions we can do with this human form, but we all have that human form. So that's how I kind of relate, like uh, uh, how astrology shows us that too, is we have the concrete structure of those cycles, but then we have our own unique built within that you know interesting here's a question now this could be a little bit of conjecture but does the human make the astrology or does the astrology make the human because it seems like when people incarnate into this dimension so many spiritual people say that it's a choice so could it be that when humans are coming to this dimension they're being born as babies as children their astrology is almost like astrological coordinates that could allow for a certain frequency of being to come in. And then that person inhabits the body because of the astrology, or is it vice versa? Does just a kind of a naked energetic being manifest in this dimension and then has to deal with the astrology that they're born into? What do you think about that? Yes. (laughs) it's probably both right (laughs) it's like maybe that maybe the soul you know the spirit's like okay i want to be born at this time with these transits and these cycles kind of coded in but what's going to happen within that because there's all these other beings too there's that's why i was saying the fate versus free will it's 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 not either or it's yes and you know it's both (laughs) happening at the same time which the deeper you look at life it's kind of that way right it's not it's not ever black and white it's always you know there's always a lot of gray (laughs) the whole thing is gray and that's the interesting part of this dimension but let's recap for people just very briefly you don't have to get into it too much because we can direct people to go back to episode 14 if you want the full fleshed out story of Tyler's journey to astrology. But let's just recap for people how you got interested in astrological concepts and how you integrated that into your life. And then let's talk about traditional astrology versus your living astrology. Yeah, well, I guess I came across astrology just I was always that kid who was like, why, how come, what's that? What's that? You know, asking, I I just wanted to know everything, you know, that's, that's just how I was by nature. Um, And then I came across an astrology book, 
when I was 15, you know, I'd heard of astrology. My mom would always mention things, you know, that she was a Taurus and that I was a Libra. That's why I like people. And so it was always like a curiosity. You know, I would read it, you know, in the back of the magazines, the daily horoscope stuff. But then I found that book, which which I always say is really hilarious, that it's called the only astrology book you'll ever need. Um, but since that book. I've gone on to, you know, read and find many other, <laughs> find other books, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so that's when I discovered that there was more than just the sun sign. It was that we had a whole birth chart um, and my need to try and know everything mind. Um, it, it just supplied it with an endless investigation. Um, and so I just studied it over, over the years is just kind of, it was just something I always kind of gravitated towards and wanted to learn more about. And um, then it wasn't until, you know, my, I went through a big transformation, you know, uh, at age 21, I got into, you know, some opiate addiction late, you know, in late teens and stuff and went through this total transformation, getting clean and uh, started my kind of journey to healing. Um, And that's where kind of it really shifted and uh, went back to nature, spent a lot of time in nature um, and was kind of going back to some of my elders and learning some more traditional wisdom and teachings and healing paths. And, um, and that's what kind of shaped what now is living astrology is it was, it was like really born from the question and frustration from the modern astrology of just like, where did this come from? You know, like, okay, here's this thing, astrology, but where did it come from? You know, and, and how does it actually work? How can I see it for myself and not have to rely on a book or what someone else said? And so through that frustration and, and, and dissatisfaction with the modern kind of form of astrology, um, I tried to just take it back to kind of its roots. And um, that's where I was saying, like, you know, thinking of who who is the first people who put this together. And it was wise people who just paid attention to life and how it moved and paid attention to people, paid attention to nature, the elements. And um, and so I that's where I went with it, you know, and then I received these stories that one of the stories I shared in in our first podcast, which was the story of the planets where I took you guys on a journey from the sun out to Pluto and showed you how it connects to the different layers of us as a human being. Um, but yeah, so just through sharing those stories with people, um, you know, I was a construction worker at the time, (laughs) you know, I wasn't like, I'm going to be an astrologer. I was just sharing stories and people were like, wow, I've never heard it put that way before. That makes total sense, you know? And, and then people started asking me to look at their charts. And so, from being asked, I started doing it. And then it, I kept getting asked more and more and more. And so I was like, well, I guess this, this might be a thing. And so, so I started offering, you know, consultations to people and then people started wanting to learn how to do it. And, you know, after getting approached a bunch of times, people saying, Hey, you should put a program together, or teach this way of working with astrology. And so, so that's how the school was born just by, it's all from people being asked, I, you know, if no one asked, I'd still probably be remodeling Safeways and all that. <laughs> so there was a intuitive feeling from this people that there was really deep truth coming from this perspective. And when people get healed by something or they grow because of some new information, it seems our uh, nature as humans is to want to share it with other people or to want to support it in some way. So that's what happened with you. And then you created the school you founded the school it grew and it has a unique perspective right it's 
focusing on how we learn and live life through the patterns within astrology. It's more than that, though. Tell me more about living astrology and how it's different. Well, so so I guess like typically it's like the study of astrology in the modern, it's much more of like a mental study. You know, it's like a lot of memorization, you know, reading charts and calculations and um, and then obviously, you know, every astrologer is going to be different and everybody's approach is going to be different because their understanding is different. But, um, but for me, like the school was when, when people asked me to teach this way, cause I spent, you know, before the school even came about when I kind of rejected all my astrology books and was like, I'm going to go to the source. I'm going to nature. Okay. There's fire signs, earth signs, air signs. Okay. So I need to learn about fire. I need to learn about earth. I need to learn about air and water, you know? And, um, so, so I kind of spent like a whole year just paying attention. Okay. Aries, you know, Aries is fire. Well, it's the beginning of the fire. So it's the spark of the fire. So I started paying attention that whole month on just the spark and, and learning about, you know, Mars and the Mars cycle and paying attention where Mars, where Mars is in the sky. And so I spent a whole year just paying attention at the normal pace. So through Aries season, I learned about Aries through Taurus. I learned about Taurus and, um, with these stories that I had got, you know, that, um, you know, Aries is the spark of the fire. Leo is the flame and Sagittarius, the heat and the charcoal. So, so there was like these actual living expressions of the elements that I could go to, to learn about the signs. So I would work with them and, and it was like everything lined up, you know, everything made sense through that. So instead of learning about Aries, I got to go meet Aries instead of learning about Taurus. I was interacting and like face to face with Taurus, you know? So, so that's the difference of the approach to learning instead of, it's kind of like, instead of studying and learning about somebody from, from a book or from someone else, I went and met them, you know, yeah. like face to face. So instead of learning about Aries, I wanted to go introduce myself and meet Aries, you know, and, and instead of Scorpio, okay, well, Scorpio is about this and this, I actually went to it, you know, like, for example, Scorpio is, you know, the time of day Scorpio is when, you know, the, the darkness is setting in, you know, Libra is the sunset and then Scorpio hour is that where the darkness is coming in. It's also like that in the season, you know, here is uh, ap after the beginning of fall, then, you know, all the leaves start to die and everything's, you know, the darkness is coming in, days are getting darker. Um, so I went at that time to that place and, and, and Scorpio being like water still water you know it's fixed water so it's it's the fixed water sign so like lakes ponds swamps you know ice you know water that's still still waters that's scorpio um so it's like you can go to a lake and and even looking down you know it, it's like what were the what was humans first mirror before we had mirrors it was still water you know <laughs> so that that mysterious reflection of like who am i looking at who am i you know and like that deep presence of that mystery shows up. So, so I was doing that instead of studying a book or whatever, I, I was using that story of nature and going to places and times in nature to just meditate and just be with it and learn from it, asking, okay, well, why is Scorpio this way? Show me why, you know, and, and all these things just started coming. And um, so with the school, that's why my school always opens in spring. We start at Aries season. Um, so when people asked, Oh, can you teach me this? I was like, well, I can't just teach and tell they have to like, 
go through the experience. That's why it's a whole 15 month program. <laughs> you know, it's because they have to pay attention. So we learn about each sign at its at its correlating time. Um, and then there's a bunch there's a bunch of lessons within that. But so I, I kind of am I'm giving them what I've learned, and then I'm also pointing them where to go for themselves to to get the wisdom, the experience, not just information, you know. So um, so it's a journey. It's it's not really just like a an online program, <laughs> you know, it's an it's a well, interactive you- journey and the tool you got tools which are nature, you know, everything is nature is what is the proof. I always tell my students like it shows everything, you know, so that's your real school is, is life, you know, (laughs) hence living astrology, you know, and, and so it is a different path than most or really anything I've seen, but um, yeah, the students just love it. And they, and they say it just, I have students who are practicing astrologers for like one, one of my students, she's been an actual astrologer for 35 years. um, And she just saw him like, a thing about me and was like, Oh, that, that looks interesting. And she said it just totally transformed and brought all of her 35 years of study together. She still, she, she, it's, it's kind of a funny thing, but she says my, like my book that, um, all the, the PDF files that come with the the lessons, she goes, she called it her astro Bible, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's what she turns to before she does consultations. And well, look, so yeah, that, I mean, did you, channel some of this. I want to talk about that. I mean, you, you're getting these downloads of information. You're saying everything lined up and, and things kind of came to you. Let's talk about that just a little bit. Like, what was that like? You're getting downloads. Was it like, like a voice? Was it like just, just intuitive kind of unlocking knowledge with your own kind of inner dialogue? Like, how did that work? Yeah. Again, I think it it takes it back to the, the wise people paying attention kind of thing. It was like, it was observed, you know? So I was, I was sure you could call it a download, but like it wasn't coming from the stars or any of that. It felt like I was just absorbing this wisdom that's been right in front of my face my whole life. So that's the other thing I tell people, like we all already know the foundation of astrology, all of us, because we've been alive. We know fire, we know earth, we know air, we know water, we know spring, summer, fall, winter. We we've seen the sun, <laughs> we know the moon, you know, we we've seen the sky and the stars. So so the roots of astrology we all know, which is why all my students always say, like, you know, they go through the the journey and they're like, all these teachings feel more like I'm remembering something as opposed to learning something new. Ah. So that that's what it is. For me, that's what it felt like. Like I had already learned the mental side of astrology, but then I just went to to nature and the elements and was just like asking essentially, show me, you know, and it was just like, oh, here you go. Yeah. And then the, the <laughs> just, critical thinking and it just kind keeps of coming. unlocks. It's these can, like puzzles. It's like puzzles and these these pieces just started connecting. And it start and and the picture it made was just like profound in how simple it was. You know, it, it that it was like Oh yeah, of course. You know, it's, it's, it's very, it's natural. very obvious if you just look, yeah, it's very natural. Yeah, exactly. And, um, so it's, it's, you know, I don't do a lot of the, my type of astrology. It's, 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 it's that way, you know, it's very much just like receiving, you know, and just kind of, uh, remembering that connection and, um, and that everything you could ever want to know about astrology is literally written right in front of your face right. every moment in nature. No. But in that moment, yep. I just want to count this uh, part off really quick. I just want to ask you one more question about it. Like 
nature did you feel kind of like the presence of like the nature spirit like gaia that that earth energy was kind of like giving you that and and then and then your own critical thinking of course with your own knowledge and your own perception like you're saying paying attention like it was like a combination of both maybe absolutely okay yeah it was like i had this structure <laughs> this language of astrology the structure of it i had that already like in my mind you know i knew the signs i knew the planets um but it was like nature proved things and and or uh re revealed the connections like it, it, it confirmed <laughs> certain oh. things about astrology like maybe certain things that are you know the sun is this or you know uh gemini is this way you know it's it it, it expresses itself in humans this way and it it's this type of energy you know it's like okay well nature was like yeah here it is now actually expressing itself you know look at how the wind moves that's gemini you know the 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 actual wind itself you know um and look at you know look at leo right leo's a really good one because it's like the flame the light of the fire the expressive part of the fire right you know leo is is known for being kind of like look at me you know the the showman the, the you know and it's like what is the fire doing it's literally going hey light and dancing <laughs> and showing off and encouraging us to gather around it and sing and tell stories and express ourselves, which Leo is that heart of expression. And that's what we do. If you gather around the fire, it becomes natural. You know, you sit around the fire and you start just expressing yourself to people. You start sharing things, you know, um, it's easier for your heart to open up, you know, cause that's the, you're in the presence of the Leo flame, you know, um, Aries, for example, right? So Aries is the first sign known, you know, to be kind of headstrong and um, have to push through anger and anxiety and frustration to rechannel that energy. Well, all my students, I say, if you really want to understand Aries, try and light a fire without a lighter or a match, you know? So you got to either rub sticks together or get some flint. So it takes a lot of like effort, a lot of energy, a lot of frustration, a lot of curse words, maybe, you know, you're, you're getting angry and mad and you're like, God damn, you know, come on, light, light. But then once it lights, all of that anger and frustration turns into exhilaration. And it's like, I made fire, you know, it's like, so to get that spark, you know, it's not easy. And uh, Aries is also the beginning of things. So what's birth like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Aries, Birth is a very Aries experience. First of all, the human usually comes out head first, which Aries rules so, the head. So wait, Tyler, really quick. I just want to back you up just a little bit because what you're doing right now is you're going into the stories of the signs of the Zodiacs, right? This is like... I'm kind of touching on them, yeah. But You're touching on them. So let's just, <laughs> let's take a deep dive because I don't want to interrupt you because it's like, it's nectar. Like when you start talking, like the information starts flowing and it's just like amazing. But I just want to focus you on this aspect the signs of the zodiac because last time we did talk about like you said the story of the planets and from earth to pluto we we went through how it affected people we even talked about chiron and everything but now you want to talk about the signs of the zodiac and how they affect people directly in addition to the other things that you're touching on right now yeah yeah i mean this is the i call them the living astrology stories these are really what built everything that I do was from these stories born from these stories. Um, yeah. Last time we went the planets, you know, we went from the sun all the way out. So yeah, we could do the, we could do the, the, the story of the signs. Um, and so, so as we kind of go through this, you know, we'll go from Aries and go, go through to, to Pisces, you know, um, basically the, 
the pattern of the zodiac you know it's like it's like the pattern of time the expression of time you know it's um and and kind of before we dive into it you know we have the four elements so we got three fire signs we got three earth signs three air and three water you know so that four elements with three modes you know and the three modes cardinal fixed and mutable basically initiating holding and then transferring energy right that's the difference so each season has a cardinal sign at the beginning a fixed sign in the middle and a mutable sign at the end where we shift to another season you know so um so our four seasons you know each one has a cardinal fixed and mutable but of a different element so um so yeah so when when i when i came up with these it was it was very simple at first it was like um you know i was looking at the signs and i was looking at it in this elemental way like okay fire signs okay well what's the fire like well there's 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 a trinity in everything so there's kind of three parts of the fire you know there's the spark the flame and the heat and then what about uh you know the earth signs okay well oh we have our three kingdoms so we have mineral plant and animal kingdom you know in the air we have you know the the wind you know that 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 air that moves and then we have you know the the atmosphere itself which contains the oxygen then we have space you know that part of air which is you know infinite um and then again with the water you have you know liquid flowing water you got still water frozen water and then you have the mist the the rains the vapors you know so um so that that was where it was at the beginning when I first kind of came across this way of working with astrology. It was like I was just placing the expression of the elements to each sign. So Aries, the spark, Leo, the flame, Sagittarius, the heat. Um, so so that was kind of how it was born. And then I was like, OK, and then also like, well, medical astrology and stuff talks about how it's attached to the body. So I looked at that and then just how time moves. So the seasons and then the daily cycle because every day we go through a mini version of the seasons you know spring is sunrise noon is like summer <laughs> sunset is like fall and midnight is like winter oh, so it's every day we go because that's it's the pattern of a cycle any cycle goes through that right the rise and the fall um so we have a uh this observable pattern every day you know and and then we see that on a bigger scale so so the, the earth going around the sun once that gives us the year, the earth spinning once on its axis gives us the day. So the day and the year, there's, there's a similarity there. So, um, so that's where I kind of started putting this all together. Okay. Well, Aries, you know, is the spark, you know, and, and it's the top of the head. Um, that's the part of the body is the head. You know, we even see the Aries symbol. If you go up the nose and, and over the eyebrows, you see the Aries <laughs> really? symbol, right? Wow. And and um and so aries is a spark it's the top of the head it's the sunrise that moment where the sun rises up over the horizon and it's like that spark of light starts you know running across the earth um and then the springtime you know it's like at that e equinox time we see you know all the, all the the budding trees start poking their head out <laughs> you know everything's coming up and out which is what that symbol of aries is and um and so that was kind of real simply it was like that and then i also was like okay well what about the human life right so birth is also that aries time of our life where we're just pure spark of awareness we don't know we have that's the only element we're aware of we don't know we have a body yet a mind or emotions we're just this pure spark of awareness at birth you know 
Um, we even come into the world head first, you know, most of us, um, <laughs> which is that Aries part of the body, you know. Um, so, so in this story, I just kind of attach those things as we go along and then the connections between them, it starts making sense. So, um, so yeah, so, so we'll just start at Aries, right? So Aries is fire in the form of, of a spark. It's the initiation of the fire. It ignites the fire. Um, and so, like I was saying, as a human being, we come into this world that that moment of birth is that spark of awareness. We're just pure, innocent awareness at that time and just coming into the world. And, um, and then the springtime and the sunrise, you know, so we see that connection to that's the Aries time of day, Aries time of season. And if we look at the body, this is where it's also interesting is Aries is the the top of the head, you know, and, and, and the eyes. And so what do we do when we wake up in the morning? We, we open our eyes and then awareness floods in, right? We're, that's, that's the beginning of the day. We're just becoming aware, our eyes open and then light rushes in. And even that spark nature, our, our brain, in our brain, we have the synapses that fire. Those are the little sparks, you know? So we can see that, you know, reflected within the human body, within the cycles of the day, and within this, the element, the elemental expression of the, the fires of the spark. So we'll kind of have the main basis be the, the human life journey, right? So now sure. we're, we're born into this, we're born just this innocent spark of awareness. What's the first thing we become aware of? That we're in a physical form we're in this physical body right and so that moves us to the sign of taurus taurus is fixed earth it's earth and form in the form of the mineral kingdom right the rocks the stones the gravel you know the 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 soil so our our aries spark of awareness gets grounded into our physical body it gets absorbed into our physical body taurus is a very absorbing sign you know it's the middle of spring right What's, what are all the plants doing, right? They, they bud out in Aries and they, they, they start their growth. And then in the middle of, and during Taurus, now they're taking all of that new light and they're absorbing that light to create their physical form, their physical body, that photosynthesis that occurs, you know, and they build their leaf structure and they start to grow the, the flowers come out and it's the, they, they release the smell and the scent. Right. And so Taurus is all about the senses, the absorption, right? So it's the ears, the nose, the mouth, the throat. It's where we absorb sound, smell, where we absorb food and water. So it's that absorption, that taking in and, um, so, so we see it reflected in nature. We see it also in our physical body, right? Yes. It's like, this is where we take in the physical form and think if you didn't have sight, sound, smell, touch, what would, what would you call physical? If you didn't have any senses, what would be the physical reality? There wouldn't be one. We would just be a consciousness floating <laughs> in a, in a sea of whatever, you know, there, there's no, it would be formless. Right. So that's what the senses give us. You know, they give us, um, uh, this way to absorb and connect to this, this physical landscape. So that's what Taurus is, is earth in the form of the minerals and the physical kind of realm. Um, even the time of day, right? So, so Aries is that sunrise. So that first kind of hour after the sun has come up, right? It's that time where everything's waking up, right? The birds are singing. So the sounds, you know, the, um, for us as humans, maybe we wake up in the morning and then we get our coffee or our tea and we kind of sit and we're grounding our awareness into our physical body, right? Some of us, we wake up and we're like, I'm not fully in my body yet. You know, it's like that Aries is still absorbing into Taurus, right? So, so that's the hour of the day that that Taurus hour when everything's kind of, 
you know, the senses are awakening, you know, and then, and then again, during the season, we see, you know, um, all the plants are absorbing and taking in, you know, the, the, their photosynthesis from the sun and they're sinking their roots deeper into the soil and grabbing the minerals and nutrients that create their body. So that's Taurus, right? So, so now as, as going back to the human being growth story, so now we're aware uh, we had awareness at Aries. Now we're aware of our physical form with Taurus. So now we look out into the air. We have art. We know, okay, I'm aware of my body, but now look, there's all these other things out there. You know, there's, you know, what's that? What's this? <laughs> you know, the, the, there's, there's these things that are outside. And so we, st- our mind starts getting developed at Gemini, right? So we start to develop the mind, become aware of thoughts. We start labeling things, creating words. You know, this is a cup. This is a pencil. This is a person, this is this and this, and that's how our mind forms, you know, and um, at that stage of life, it's like, that's what we do, right? So we're, we're a baby and we're aware, and then we we're slowly developing the awareness of our body. And then what's the next thing that develops is the mind, right? The first words come and the thoughts come and, and we're building our whole mental structure at that Gemini phase, you know, and Gemini is the, the twins, you know, the, so in the physical body, it's the arms and the hands, right? The talkers, the communicators, the, it's the first split, the, the twins of our body, you know? Um, so that's it on the kind of the physical form. And that's why also like our hands reflect how our mind is, you know, like people who fidget a lot, it's like your mind's going right. So, so it rules that. And also the lungs and our breathing, it, it reflects that as well, right? Like if you're, you're ang- anxious, your hands might move a lot and your breathing kind of speeds up, you know, so there's, there's a connection to the mind, the breathing, the lungs, and then the hands. Um, so, so yeah, so now we're, we're, we're looking out and we're, we're starting to create language. We're starting to create a mind right at that Gemini phase, um, that time of, that time of year too, it's the end of spring. Everything's alive and talking. The bees are buzzing, the, the, you know, the, uh, the birds are chirping all around and pollination is happening, right? So they're they're bringing information from one plant to another and they're pollinating. So that's why I call Gemini's like they're like the the pollinators of thought, you know. Um, they they share information a lot, you know. That's that what that sign does. Um, so we see it in the season, that buzz of the Gemini season, right? And everything's moving about and and that energy is kind of ramping up. Um, and then that that kind of time of day as well. It's like, okay, now we've grounded ourselves into our body in that early morning time. And now our mind is, is fresh and able to go. So I, I think it's a really good time to learn new things is after you do your little morning routine. It's like, that's where your, your mind is freshest, you know, and, um, I actually try to schedule all my consultations with people around that time, you know, around <laughs> kind of 10 or 11, because are your minds fresh and, and, and you can absorb information a lot easier. So, okay. So now, we've gone through birth awareness of Aries and that awareness became aware of the physical form of Taurus. And then now the mind of Gemini, right? So from putting this language together and gathering this information through Gemini, now we have a reflection about that information. We have an emotion, a response. And so that's where it leads us to the sign of cancer, the first water sign. Um, And it's water, in the form of liquid flowing water, the life-giving waters, the oceans, you know, and the, the creeks and the streams. It's like the water we drink, we have to drink every day, you know? And, um, so cancer is liquid flowing water. And 
it's uh you know known as kind of the the mothering energy right the mother of the zodiac um and the part of the body that it rules is the the um the the stomach and the the pericardium which is this sack of liquid that surrounds our heart right so it's like the nurture protector of the heart it's the 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 liquid that the heart is suspended in um and then also the the chest and the breast right which is where the mother you know supplies you know you know milk to the child and um nurtures you know children so so that's the part of the body that um cancer rules um now as far as um the time of of year it's like okay now it's it's the beginning of summer you know it's it's we hit that solstice time it's the beginning of summer and as humans we kind of like water just spill out onto the earth you know and we travel and and we we go about you know and and also water becomes very important you know we got to drink more water sun summer's here um our if we grow gardens right like we planted seeds at aries and we they started rooting themselves during Taurus and they started pollinating, you know, at Gemini. And now it's like summertime. We got to just make sure we water our garden, you know. So so now in this story, we've we have the first foundation built. We have the fire element, the um, earth element, the air and the water. So that's the first segment of the Zodiac. That's the first journey of awareness. So each fire sign starts a new journey. So Aries beginning of the journey of awareness, right? The spark of awareness, awareness of the physical body, awareness of the mind, and then the spirit or the emotions in cancer. So now we have a foundation, right? So we have the first four elements. So from this kind of reflection, these emotions, this feeling, the the next fire sign is born. It's like, I'm feeling these things. Who am I that is feeling? <laughs> and now this new awareness, the self-awareness, the Leo awareness is born from that, that emotion. So, um, so where Aries was just pure spark of awareness and that journey, Leo is now the journey of self-awareness, you know, and this thing we call, called the self. The spark of the self, you're saying. Yeah. So the, <laughs> the spark of awareness was Aries. Right. And then Leo is now, now the flame is lit, right? It's gone through the elements. <laughs> And now the flame itself is lit. Um, and it was born from that for that reflection of that emotion. You know, we're feeling stuff. And then that question, it's always a question, who am I that's feeling these things? And that's the birth of the self. So Leo, you know, fire in the form of the flame and the light, you know, that dances and says, hey, look at me, you know, <laughs> look what I can do. <laughs> so it's kind of the, the child, the playful, expressive child of the Zodiac that comes from the mother cancer sign right um and so so with leo you know it's it's uh fire in the form of of the the flame and the light that time of year we obviously see it's the middle of summer you know the the sun is out shining its creative rays onto the earth um and time of day too it's like it's it's past noon now it's kind of the heat of the day that's the leo time and um you know, the, there's a teaching inside of the, the Leo kind of thing too, is like the, you know, known as the King, right? So we all have an E what we would call, I guess, an ego, right? We all have this, this self, this, this ego that we have. Um, and the journey of the archetype of Leo kind of shows us that, and we can look at it through the fire. Like, so there's kind of like the archetype of the 
the true king, and then there's like the tyrant, right? So all of us have within us the, the true king or queen or the tyrannical king or queen, right? And that's what our ego can go either way. Um, and so the the kind of the um, the tyrant is like, oh, yeah, all you people, you work for me. So if it was the flame speaking, it would be like, hey, feed me that wood so I can burn bright, you know, more wood, more wood for me, more wood, you know, and then what happens, it becomes a raging fire that can burn down cities, right? So that's kind of the how the tyrant, but the true king says, actually, I'm a servant to my people. You know, the true king and queen realize, actually, they don't work for me, I work for them, right? And so, but in order for me, as if the flame were to speak again, in order for me to keep going, yeah, I need wood, right? Okay, so um, here, let's make an agreement. If you provide me with wood to burn, I'll provide you with light and warmth and a place to gather, you know? And so that's what the actual king and queen does. And that's what our actual, like, we think of the difference between that ego, the negative thing we think of, and then the true expression of the heart, someone who comes from the heart. They operate in that way. Like they don't put themselves down. They, they, they say, okay, I need this much, but I'm going to provide a place for people to gather. And here's light and warmth instead of feed me more, feed me more, more, you know, more wood for me, more, more. Um, so that's, that's kind of the out of balance Leo. And then the balance, and we all have that no matter what. And you don't want to kill the King. You don't want to kill your ego, you know, but you want to transform it into the pure expression of the heart, which is meant to shine and meant to express and be a place where people can can gather around and feel warm right as opposed to getting burned you know <laughs> so <laughs> so that that's kind of like a just a, a little analogy to think of you know you know and, and these come all the time through the different signs when you just look at the elements and the archetypes and they kind of put themselves together in a, a story format like that um but okay so so now Leo is born. We have the self-awareness. The flame is there, right? So just like at Taurus, where that Aries awareness absorbed itself into it, the physical body. That was the body of our awareness. The body of our awareness is the physical body. Well, what's the body of our self-awareness? You know, it's it's it, if our self-awareness is this creative potential, then the path we choose is the body of work. That's what Virgo is. Virgo is the body of work, the process, the way we do things, right? The work that we do. It's like you can have all the creative juices, but if you don't have a, a craft or a pathway, a process to put it into, nothing really gets made, right? Um, and that's the difference between maybe just like expression, like singing, and just dancing in the moment. And then a craft is different. You take that creativity and you put it into something, right? And so, so Virgo are, are, you know, the workers, they analyze, they process. Virgo is earth in the form of the plant kingdom. Look at the plants. They're always in a process. They're constantly moving and changing and doing something. And each plant has its own purpose. You know, it's doing something for a reason and um, it's making a fruit or a vegetable, or it's making a medicine, you know? Um, and that's why Virgo, you know, is, um, rules the, the gut and the digestive process. And what we, so, you know, some herbalists and stuff will call the, the inner forest, right? <laughs> the, all the gut flora, it's like our inner little forest 
Tyler, that craft though, that comes with the Virgo, that only comes after you have the self because the craft is yep. based on the self's intentions. Like once you decide who you are and what you want, then that goes into the Virgo, the body of work. And that's how you develop the craft. It seems like I just wanted to clarify that part yep. and touch on that. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's what we have this ego or this heart for is to create and to express. And, um, and yeah, Virgo is that, what do we put it into? What, what absorbs that, you know, what process are we going to put it into? Um, and so, so like our, our crafters, and that's why they're, you know, another way to look at Virgo, they're kind of like the mechanics, you know, the mechanics of, of the Zodiac, they're like fixing and putting things together and they're the healers too, you know, um, which is what the plants do, you know, just, just look at the plant kingdom. It's our medicine, you know, um, and even our pharmaceuticals mimic processes that occur in nature. Right. So everything that comes from that plant kingdom is, is, is our medicine. That's why also I always look at, I like to look at like Virgo and Scorpio, they have that M, you know, the, the sign of the M uh -huh. um, as medicine, right? So Virgo is the medicine we put into ourselves. It has that last curl that hooks in. Whereas you'll see when we get to Scorpio, Scorpio is the medicine of what comes out. It's got that arrow that goes out. So, you know, so Virgo and then the gut, you know, is like what we put into our body. That's how we can heal ourselves by what we take in the food we eat, the medicines we take. Um, and so... So that time of year, seasonally, it's like, okay, we're at the end of summer, right? Humans that didn't have grocery stores are working much closer <laughs> to uh, the earth at that time in the plant kingdom because we want to have a good crop. We got to really tune into these plants, you know, and, and make sure that our food's going to be good. Um, and you're working hard. You know, if you have a, a farm, you know, at that time, that end of summer, you're really working kind of harder than than maybe normal you know because you're preparing for for that harvest time um so that's the time of year you know and um the plants are working hard too because they're they're perfecting their craft they're making their zucchini or they're you know they're producing their apples you know they're making their craft that they're gonna then present um and offer so um that time of day too is usually you know it's kind of the, the end of the daytime, you know, before the, the sunset comes in, it's like, we're wrapping up our work for the day, maybe getting that last bit of stuff in that we need to do. Um, so that's the kind of the, the daytime. So as a human though, it's like, now we've reached this self-awareness and we go, okay, well, what do I want to create? What's my path going to be? You know, what, what am I going to, um, make, you know, what's my service that I'm going to provide as, as a human. Um, and there's many different pathways, but that that's kind of what that Virgo stage is. So, so now this, just like at Taurus, right, this, this self absorbed in the physical body, then it looked out into the air and started seeing things, right? So now at that same process, but kind of evolved, right? So the self is like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to make. Now it looks into the air again and it says, oh, uh, how can I share this with, with other people that have the same thing as me? So we get to Libra. So Libra is the air of relating where Gemini was communication, right? One plus one equals two because each sign contains the ones that came before it. So at Gemini, it was just simple awareness and matter, right? So Gemini is very logical driven, you know, things and logic and language. Li Libra has cancer also within it, the emotions. It has Leo, the heart and the self. It has Virgo, right? 
the way we do things. So when we relate to people, we're like, hey, who are you? How do you feel? What's in your heart? How do you do things? This is how I do things. This is what's in my heart. This is how I feel. So that's the air of Libra is the relating and the sharing of, of in a relationship. It's different than just communicating. It's different than, hey, how do I get to the store? Oh, well, you go left right here, you know, and turn there and you'll get there. <laughs> that's a different kind of air exchange then, hey, what you know, what's in your heart? How do you feel? You know, what do you do? How do you do that? You know, so that's the difference between relating and having a relationship versus just communicating with somebody, right? So Libra is that air of of relating, you know, and it's like that time now where we're sharing and we're creating bonds. And maybe in our Virgo path where we're uh trying to create something, we realize, oh, I can't do it by myself. <laughs> I need I need assistance from someone else. Maybe someone else has something I don't, and we can teamwork, right? And put things together, um, collaborate together, you know? So, so Libra is air in the form of the atmosphere that holds everything in balance. You know, it's, it's, it's that atmosphere that keeps everything in, in, uh, harmony, you know, here on earth, the oxygen and all the, the balance of that. Um, so it's like the, the air we breathe, you know, and the, the breath of life that we, we all share that as well, right? We're all breathing the same air when we're, you know, as a human, we're all breathing the same shared air. <laughs> so, so Libra is, is that, that atmosphere, you know, it keeps things in balance. That's why Libra tends to have a, that sense of aesthetic beauty, you know, and they like to create a good atmosphere for people, you know, maybe hosting, you know, Oh, let's get people together. You know, it's a very Libra thing. Right. Um, so people maybe have a lot of Libra in their chart. They have this sense for aesthetic beauty and and how to create a nice atmosphere for people to to relate to one another you know and, and share so um so the time of day is the sunset right which is classical let's go with your your loved one watch the sunset you know or are you going on a date let's end up you know at the sunset right it's like it's it's that's the libra time of day you know it's like you've done all the work for the day now it's time to just sit watch that sun go down and the beauty, the, the painted sky of the colors, you know, that come and just that, that beauty of the atmosphere, it's the sun shining through the different layers of the atmosphere, giving us all those different colors and layers, you know? Um, so there's that aesthetic beauty again, right? Uh, the time of year is, um, is now it's it's fall time right so that warm color of you know the the leaves turning orange and red they're it's the sunset colors right so nature reflects that too that fall time and the sunset time if you look at the colors it's it's the same it's just that very warm kind of setting tone and color sunrise and sunset you'll notice the different palette of colors sunrise is much more bright and white you know where the sunset is much more orange, orange. and deep and fall like versus spring like colors right, right. so right. um so that's the libra you know time and part of the body too is the is is the kidneys and um you know the lower back it's what keeps everything in balance in the body it regulates things so um so that's kind of the physical side so now we re we reached that pattern again at gemini okay we received information and you know we had this emotional reflection well now from relating to people when we, we share about ourselves and we learn about another person, this new realm of emotion sets in, which is Scorpio, this deep, mysterious emotion that is forever a mystery, right? So it's like, I can tell someone how I feel, 
but do they really know how I feel? And how do I know how they really feel? Right. So there's this other realm of deeper emotion that Scorpio presents us that is like unknowable, right? <laughs> it's truly unknowable, but this is where Scorpio has that art of symbolism, right? And, and then that's why it's connected to, you know, the occult and symbols. It's like, how do we, this is what we do as humans, right? So oh, I have this deep love for this person, you know, how can I show them, right? So, oh, I'll give them a rose, you know, or a, a ring or something that symbolizes this feeling that I have for this person, right? And vice versa, or, you know, it can be even, you know, positive or negative, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's like these, we do these different symbols, you know, that, that, um, try to express this depth of emotion that we have at Scorpio. Um, and then we make commitments too, right? So we, Libra is where the relationship starts, but then, you know, like marriage, for example, is okay. Now I'm committing, which means I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm committing that we're going to be together and we're committing to one another to go dive into this mystery, you know, and see where it takes us. So it's a very Scorpio bond, right? And Scorpio is still waters. Like I was saying earlier, it's lakes, ponds, um, you know, uh, ice, you know, the first mirror that humans ever have. And that's what relationships do for us anyway, is it's like a mirror, you know, <laughs> like we're looking at another person, but we're also seeing ourselves through that, you know, it's literally a, a, a mirror. So, so Scorpio is that kind of, um, presence of the mystery. Now the deep unknown, the deep mystery, um, of, of, of emotion and of, of life. Um, and like, you want to know, like, uh, like I was saying earlier to go in the presence of Scorpio, go at the end of fall time, right. Or I'm at the middle of fall time, go to a lake or a pond just after sunset and just sit and look into that water <laughs> and you will feel this, this mysterious presence of Scorpio enveloping around you, you know, um, and and so that's that's what what scorpio is you know and um the time of year scorpio is uh the middle of fall everything looks like it's dying all the leaves are dropping now you know uh everything that is is stripping to its bare core of what it is all the trees are just dropped all their leaves they're just the bare tree the like the skeleton structure of the tree right um and and so scorpio is kind of that way too like cut all the meat off. What's the core truth? What is the, the essence of things, right? That's what Scorpio does penetrates sees to the, to the core, right? That's what it's looking for. And, uh, and so dropping everything that's not needed, everything that was built in the opposite sign of Taurus, all those leaves that were grown at Taurus. Now they die at Scorpio. Um, and, and so, so now, you know, as a, as a human, it's like, okay, we've reached this point where now this mystery of life presents itself to us. Right. Um, and, and this kind of transformation maybe of, of, uh, a death to what we thought life was. And now we realize, oh, there's, there's this whole vast unknowable, you know, this presence of this mystery. So from that presence of that mystery, the final fire sign of Sagittarius is born. Ah. And that is okay. So before it was okay i feel i'm i'm feeling something and so self-awareness is born now it's like oh i feel the presence of this vast unknowable mystery now what right <laughs> <laughs> so now what do i do you know well the only thing to do is 
is explore, right? Is go on a journey, travel, seek, find something within this vast mystery. And so Sagittarius, from the depths of the darkness of Scorpio, like an arrow, just shoots and and is like, I'm going to go on a journey now. You know, I'm going to travel this endless mystery and I'm going to try and find some wisdom for myself, you know? So Sagittarius, where Aries is just like pure awareness, Leo was the self-awareness, Sagittarius is life awareness. What does it all mean? Where am I coming from? Where, what does it mean to be human? Why are we here? Where are we going? <laughs> Where did we come from? You know, all these big life questions. That's what Sagittarius is, is focused on. I always, I always say, try and imagine like if you were an arrow that was shot, what questions would you ask? Where am I coming? Where, who shot me this way? Where am I going? Where am I going to land? I don't know where I'm going to land, but how fast am I going? You know? So so it's like, you know, it's going somewhere, you know, and it's, it's, that's what Sagittarius is about. It's like, it doesn't, it, Sagittarius is going on a journey where it doesn't know where it's going to land. That's what exploration is. That's what an adventure is, you know? Um, and that's what seeking is, you know, like you're seeking something, you know, like, like, what are you looking for? I don't know, but something, you know, wisdom of some form or some kind, you know, um, so Sagittarius is fire in the form of the heat that travels away from the fire. Also the charcoals, you know, and the embers, you know, where when the fire goes out, it like glistens. And you can see if you really look at like a dying fire, right? Where the fire's going out, you look at those charcoals. You ever see like, it's like these little, uh, these lines that'll go like this, you know, all along the fire, the light. It's like, like traveling, the veins of you know? heat almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's like up and down the wood, it'll kind of go, yeah. you know, and you just, it's a bunch yeah. of those happening all at once, you know, kind of like a horse trail or something. That's how I always see it. Like all these little journeys, you know, <laughs> as traveling on the wood. So, um, so that's, you know, um, that time and, and think of that time of the day too. It's like, okay, now Scorpio, the darkness set in, right? Now it's that time where it's okay. We're getting ready for that journey of sleep, you know? And so, um, we get warm by the fire. Right. And so, um, that time of year too. Okay. It's, it's now the end of fall. So we went from being warm from the sun. Now we have to bring that fire and bring it into our home. Right. And so we bring it into our home and put it in our fireplace and we get warm by the fire. We sit around the fire or if we're, you know, Sagittarius is also the hunting time of year. If we were hunter gathering and we'd have to go get you know, food supplies and hunt, we're, we're traveling with the fire. You know, we hunted the day and then we sit by the fire at night and we tell stories and we, we, um, try and uplift ourselves, warm ourselves with these stories and teachings, you know? Um, and then, yeah, we bring it into our home for its warmth. And so, you know, sitting around the evening fire, sitting in your home or getting under your cozy, warm blankets, you know, and it's, it's such a story time, right? That's when we tell a lot of stories is like end the day we tell these stories. Um, especially if you have children, you know that. Um, so sitting around the fire, tearing, telling stories of wisdom and teachings from travels and journeys and, you know, fantasies, whatever, you know, it's all these story time. And that's what Sagittarius is. They, they journey and they travel and they gather story, you know? Um, and so the part of the body is, um, actually we skipped over the part of the body with Scorpio, but Scorpio is the, the reproductive organs and the excretory system, you know, so okay. it's where we create, create new life and, you know, let go of the stuff that our body doesn't need anymore. Um, 
even that time of year reflects that, you know, with the mushroom kingdom, which looks like both different parts of it look like both the, the male and the female genitalia, you know, it's like literally birthing new life, you know, because mushrooms, they devour the dead material to create new life, you know, and new soil um, for when that Taurus season comes, the opposite season where it starts to grow again. So, um, so yeah, but Sagittarius part of the body is the, the, um, the upper part of the legs, the quads and the hamstrings, right? It's what lets us run and travel right on this earth. And, um, that, that fire in the form of heat, all of us know, like when you work out, you always feel the burn, (laughs) that heat in the quads, you know, and, and if you want to warm your body up that those are the muscles to get moving, you know, if you get, cause that's like where the biggest veins I think of blood are right (laughs) in the legs there. Um, but if you get your quads and your, 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 um, like hands, hamstrings moving, you're going to get warm. You know, that's, that's the, the heat and the warmth of the body. And it's also what lets us run and travel and, um, you know, sprint, (laughs) sprint around on the earth. So, so that's the part of the body. And so now as a human being, it's like, okay, this mystery of Scorpio presented itself to me. Now I'm going to go on this journey. I'm going to try and find wisdom somewhere, you know? And so you're, you're aiming with your arrow, but once you let go, you don't know where it's going to land. All you can do is kind of aim. And, um, this is, this is also where the optimism of Sagittarius comes from. It's kind of like seasonally we're like, all right, (laughs) it's the grass is greener on the other side. That's a very Sagittarius thing, right? It's like, oh yeah, spring is coming on the other side of, uh, winter, right? It's coming again. You know, we just got to make it through the winter. And so that's why that time of year too, we have our solstice celebrations, you know, and every different culture has their own different way of celebrating. But, um, when Sagittarius, the story and the heat and the warmth meets the tradition of Capricorn at the solstice time, it's the tradition of joy and warmth, right? Stories like that's probably as far as seasonally, that's the time where there's the most story rich you know time where we share stories different cultures too have have a lot of different stories that they share you know and um so i i, I kind of go into that a lot but yeah that's a very it's like sagittarius the the storyteller meets the tradition and timekeeping of of saturn uh, or of capricorn um ruled by saturn but um but that's what that transition is. And so, so Sagittarius is journeying. Now we're traveling in life as a human. It's like, we're seeking, right? We're, we're looking for meaning, a deeper meaning to life. Big picture. We're trying to find the big picture, right? Exactly. Yeah. So we're, we're traveling up this mountain, right? And we're, we're, we're journeying and journeying, journeying. Then finally we reach the peak of the mountain at Capricorn, the top of the mountain, right? So we've gone as high as we can go now. Now we're an elder in life, you know, and even look at like the peak, the Capricorn mountains, right? It's like, there's always white, the white caps on the mountains. And that, that even that word cap Capricorn, right? Seats that are on top, the captain, the capital, you know, it's all cap cap stuff. Um, baseball cap, you know, things that go on top. And that's where Capricorn gets that, you know, the, the, the word from. Um, but if you look to like the white snow on the top, right? What happens when we reach that elder phase, we start to get that wisdom hair, the white, <laughs> Yeah, I'm starting my uh, beard right here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, and so, but it's that showing that you put your time in, right? That's what Capricorn is does is put time in Capricorn has reached that peak and it has wisdom. It's achieved some wisdom. Now it's gone through that Sagittarius journey and now it has 
achieved a higher seat of perspective. It's put time in. There's things you can't know at five because you haven't put enough time in. And then once you reach 60, it's like you've put time in, you've experienced life, you have wisdom, even if you're the most ignorant, you know, person in the world, you have some wisdom because you've experienced life. There's something, you know, you've made it that far, <laughs> you know? Um, so, so Capricorn is, is that earth in the form of the animal kingdom, you know, and the animals that walk on top of the earth, you know, and move through time. And, uh, with, you know, we, as humans, we really learn a lot too how to move in life through animals. We mimic animals all the time, you know, and animals kind of move with the purpose and they're, 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 they're teachers in that way. So, so Capricorn, um, is, is yeah, earth in the form of the, the animal kingdom. And the time of year is the beginning of, of winter, you know, it's cold, right? So this is where Capricorn gets its very practical and time management skills is well in winter, you got to be practical, <laughs> responsible. You got to manage your time and your resources wisely. Again, if we didn't have grocery stores or, you know, all this heat at, on, on demand heat and light, you know, it's like we, we, you would really have to ration and be like, okay, we got to make it through this winter, you know, and you got to, you got to be practical. You can't be just like, oh, well, I just feel hungry and I want to eat all this stuff, you know, and then you, and then comes, you know, February and you got no food, you know? So, so that sense of practicality and responsibility and, and making it through the winter, that's a very, that's that Capricorn. That's why they're, they're time managers, you know, they oversee things and say, okay, well, maybe this is the best way to use our time and our resources where the opposite sign of cancer, which is very emotionally driven is just like, it's summer. Let's just flow over here and let's flow over <laughs> here, you know? So, um, so you'll see that too, if you, you know, that's a teaching for another day, but just the, that the opposite signs are two sides of the same coin, you know? Um, and there's a whole lot of teachings that you can derive from that. Um, but so Capricorn, you know, it's, it's also, uh, you know, now it's the middle of the night. You've gone to sleep and you're you're climbing that celestial mountain of sleep, you know, um, in the dream time and uh connecting with with that. So so now as a human, right? So we've gone this whole journey, we've reached the peak of the mountain, we've traveled with, you know, we've met the mystery at Scorpio, we've traveled through life searching for something, and then we've we we've reached Capricorn and we're now we've achieved this wisdom. We, we have something right now. We've, we've earned it, right? We've earned life. We've earned our life to this point. So you have wisdom. Now, what do you do? You know, and, oh yeah. And the part of the body of Capricorn is the knees and the body, the, the skeletal structure and the hair, you know, which also shows our time and our age, you know, um, the teeth as well. Um, so now we've reached this this kind of peak and we have this wisdom, but what are we going to do now? Are we going to just die with our wisdom? Are we going to stay on top of the mountain? You know, and, and it's like we earned all this wisdom, but now it's your responsibility to share it, to pass it on, right? And so that's where we come down from the mountaintop of Capricorn into the valley of our community of Aquarius and we dispense our wisdom. This is why Aquarius is the water bearer you know, the symbol of the, the the man pouring the water onto the earth. That water represents life. Water is life, right? And wisdom, the wisdom of life. So throughout life, we've filled up this, this, this picture of life and water and experience, right? But now we get to Capricorn, we have it. Are we going to just keep it? You know, <laughs> it'll die with us, all our traditions, all our teachings, all of our wisdom. 
or do we pour it, give it back to the earth? We pour it back into the younger generations. We give them all of our wisdom and we just, we empty our life into them. Right. And so that's, that's what Aquarius is all about is, is the, the wisdom bearer, right? Pouring that water of wisdom onto the earth. And, um, so Aquarius is air in the form of space. So Gemini was the wind. Libra was the atmosphere. Well, Aquarius is wide open, infinite space, right? That's why Aquarius is known to have the open mind, right? The all encompassing mind. They're the, that's why sometimes they get nicknamed the know-it-alls, right? They're the geniuses who just, that you know, they, they encompass that and the, the wisdom bearers, right? Um, so that vast wide open mind, and even thinking of that sense of community, we have our sun, right? But then we look up at the night sky, we realize our sun is just one of many, right? So we're looking at the community, our own community, our sun's community of stars in this, this galaxy, you know, um, in the Milky Way. So, so when we look out, you know, um, to, to the night sky into space, we're looking at, you know, Aquarius. So, um, so that also that time of, of day, it's like the middle of, of late, late night, you know, and I know some of you out there probably who are very creative oriented or something. Sometimes, you know, you know that if you stay up to those weird late hours, your mind opens in different ways, you know, definitely. Um, and like, I know me, like a lot of like my art, especially throughout the years doing different things, like something about that time where my, your mind's able to expand in different ways, you know, and, and, and especially tap into that creativity, that Leo creativity that is opposite the sign of Aquarius. Right. So there's that connection again. Um, but yeah, so, um, so that's the, the time of day and the time of year is like the crisp middle of winter, you know, <laughs> and it's like, if you think about it too, that communal aspect, say you did, didn't do Capricorn very well and you used up your resources. Now your only way of survival is through your community you have around you. If it's the middle of winter and snow, you know, just imagine like you're covered <laughs> in snow, you know, and you ran out of food or, or whatever. And it's like, well, who's our neighbor, you know, who's, who's in our community, we're, we're going to have to depend on them, you know, and, and then as a, a friend too, you would, you know, help, help out your community. And through that teamwork, actually, that's how say a harsh winter happened. The only way that everyone would survive is from teamwork. Right. So that's what Aquarius is also about is that collective teamwork, you know, um, bringing people together. Um, so, so yeah, so Aquarius, the part of the body Aquarius rules is, uh, the calves, right. And um, it's actually the part of the body that repumps the circulation back to the heart. So Leo is the heart, right? Leo pumps the blood through the heart, and then Aquarius returns that back to the heart. So hence water bear, right? Uh, Collecting life, pouring the water of wisdom back to what? The Leo children, which is what the elders should do. This is kind of why I think there's a good connection in the in certain traditions where like the grandparents take care of the grandchildren because you have that ease of passing on wisdom and traditions um and that used to be you know before we had daycares and stuff obviously the the elders <laughs> you know the grandparents would take care of the grandchildren why the the parents went and worked and hunted and gathered things so there's this natural passing down of wisdom i think that occurred you know and maybe maybe that's the thing in the modern day we've kind of broken that up we put you know, elders in old, old folk homes and take kids <laughs> and let, you know, let teenagers babysit kids. Maybe there's a thing to that. I don't know. Um, 
but but yeah, that you just see that though that natural connection between the grandparent and the grandchild, and and that that's that they're at the at Aquarius phase where the child is at the Leo phase, right? Um, so anyway, at Aquarius now we pour and empty our wisdom into the earth. We give everything back, right? So now we've 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 given all of our life back, our story, our wisdom, our teachings, our traditions. We've passed it on, and now we're empty, right? So now what's left to do you know pisces the final water sign of pisces the evaporation right the the mist and the water vapors you know that's water in the form of the vapors it's that final emotion of being satisfied letting go you know that spiritual fulfillment um and so pisces is that last sign you know and and um it's where everything gets released and and really it shows us that life is a spiritual journey pisces is at the end right so at the end it all comes down to spirit you know um but what does that mean too like to be a spiritual person or go on a spiritual journey like it doesn't mean you divide the physical <laughs> from the spiritual you know sometimes you kind of see that like oh i'm a spiritual person so i'd like deny all this and then you know or i'm a materialist person and i de deny all spirit but really it just shows us pisces shows us it's all as one that's what it means to be spiritual person it's everything is all as one physical mental emotional you know from from the moment you wake up to when you go to bed that's what i mean like like one of my elders always said you want to be a spiritual person make your bed in the morning <laughs> like that otherwise you left your spirit in bed you know it's like that that there that responsibility is inside of that um practicality you know the um the earth you know it doesn't mean we're ascending to some other dimension way out there it's like it's all here you know it's all here and that's that's really the teaching of pisces too pisces is the two fish right and um physically in our body it's the two feet <laughs> you know that's that's our our two fish down there um but so one of the teachings of pisces is that you have the two fish going in different directions right so i like to look at the sign of pisces as like a conduit it's like a doorway it's the doorway between the worlds between you know what we would call the the physical world and the spiritual world, world it's a doorway but the fish can go in two directions so you have the escapist fish and then you have the visionary fish right they use the same doorway right so the escapist fish is like hey i, I want to get out of this world and ascend or go to some heaven over there you know i want to get out of here and go there to that, that heavenly realm that i imagine and envision right um so that's what the escapist does. And then, you know, as a human that comes in many form escapist tendency forms, you know, drug addiction or um, other escapist pathways too, which like disregard the life here and try and go out there. But the visionary does the opposite. They say, actually, I'm going to use this doorway, but I'm going to reach in and grab stuff from this heavenly realm. And then I'm going to bring it here and do the work that it takes to make it a reality here. So that's what a visionary does, right? It's different. They're using the same door. They're using that same doorway between worlds. Just one says, I want to leave here and go there. And the other one says, <laughs> I want to collect from there and bring here. And there, and that's the balance of the opposite sign Virgo, the work, right? So the visionary says, ah, I want to collect this vision and I'm willing to do the Virgo work that it takes to make it a reality here, to put it into a process, you know? And that's the real magic, you know, of, of, of the, that kind of visionary Pisces sign is like, well, I've emptied my whole life. I'm connecting to spirit. Do I just want to escape and go or do while I'm here, do I want to collect these and shower 
raining down blessings upon people, visions, here's visions, here's stories, here's inspiration, here's compassion, because that's what Pisces is, is the all-encompassing, passionate love, you know, of all, because it's gone through every other stage of the journey. So that's why it has compassion for Aquarius, Capricorn, Sagittarius, Scorpio, all those different faces. Pisces is like, yep, you know, <laughs> accept it all. That's why it's Pisces is water in the form of the vapors, the clouds, the mist, the rain, right? It's just, it just travels <laughs> and drops a little rain wherever, you know, that's what clouds do. They just move where the wind blows and then they drop rain blessings down, you know, and the morning dew comes in, you know, that's, that's the, the Pisces spirit, you know, the mist, the mystical, you know? Um, so, so that now it's like that final emotion, the final emotion of Pisces is that, that, letting go, you know, and hopefully by that time you have that, you did all those stages the best you could from Aries all the way around. If you do the best you can, that's how Pisces is going to be, right? It's going to be like, that's, that's kind of the, the letting go. And then, you know, another spark happens. <laughs> I was just going to say, you start the cycle all over yeah. again. You go from water to fire. Oh my God, Tyler, that was absolutely incredible. Look, I was sitting here taking notes the entire time, <laughs> just, just trying to absorb all this incredible information that is part of the living astrology method. This is something that you developed and it's so powerful listening to all of that. All you can do is just like you said, other uh, students have expressed, feel that universal truth. You feel it in there and it's just really powerful. And I'm, I just want to say thank you. And, and I appreciate you sharing that with us and our audience, like myself and everyone listening. Thank you for doing that because that's a big part of what you teach at the school of living astrology. Yeah. I mean, essentially, so so these stories, you know, like I shared the planet one last time. I shared the sign one this time. I also have a story of the houses of astrology, you know, and that's part three directions and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but they built everything. And, and really my whole school is like taking that and then zooming into every detail far more in depth and taking a look. So that was like, uh, the framework, you know, but the school is that, but like, zoomed into everything you know so i take people on that journey but we do it over the course of a whole entire year yes and we 15 take our months time actually each phase. yeah so we had the first 12 months we go through the signs and and all that then we spin the wheel and we put everything together the last quarter the last three months of lessons um so it's like we we're, what we're doing is we're building a vision we're building a way for students to see these things and they're interacting and they're learning how to meet these signs and planets in living form as opposed to just learning about them, um, learning oh. from them. And then once it all gets put together at that Pisces time and we get to Aries again, now it, it's like, they all say the same thing. It's such a cool thing I get to do every year that I get to go on this journey with people and witness them move as they, they learn through these stages too. Aries. They're just like, what is this? I'm just becoming aware. And then they, start to anchor into the Taurus side of it. And they start to go, okay, I'm getting a sense where we're at. And <laughs> then they get to Capricorn. They're like, I really feel like I see it now, you know? And, and then they get to Pisces and then they're just like, oh my God. And this whole vision opens up. Um, and I get to see that in all the students every year. It's just, it's awesome. And then we talk about the big picture stuff, you know, after we've, we've put the wheel together. And then I say, then we spin it and we talk about the bigger picture stuff and how to move forward with it and how to, 
you know, I just, even the responsibility factor, I just put out the lesson this week is, is called responsible astrology and just the, the, you know, the different avenues. If you're going to be a practicing astrologer, here's some things. It's not just a game. You're not, you can't play with people's lives. You know, right. people are coming to you with their life. It's a very serious thing, you know, and, but you know, it's not shown that way. Typically it's kind of like a game almost, you know, in our modern pop culture. So here's two questions uh, I want to ask you, Tyler, really quick is how many people have you trained through your program already? Like if you could put a number on it, like how many living astrologers uh, are out there now? This is going to be, see, you've been doing it for I a think while. This is going to, this is going to be year seven. Um, but the first two years were very small groups in person. Uh -huh. So I think this is going to be the fifth year online or maybe, oh, I could be wrong. I started the online one in 2017, I think was the first online one. So yeah. So it, yeah, it, it's probably early years. There was maybe just a, you know, a dozen students, you know, the first year, I think, and then it, it's grown. And then last year took a dip, you know, uh, obviously financially, a lot of people couldn't do it. Um, but yeah, I'd say definitely in the hundreds, you know, yes. a couple hundred. Wow. That's so, incredible. And it's awesome to see like, you know, one, they love it because they get lifetime access to the program. Right. So once you get the thing, they always return to it. They right. have full access. Yeah. So, so it's like, it gets released to them, like roughly one video less than a week you know, and then once they have, have it, it's like a resource for them. Um, but yeah, it's like this little, this community we're building too. And, and to see how the cool thing is, is these teachings there to me, it's like the foundation in astrology. I wish I had before, when I first started, like if I could have started here with these teachings, it would have been amazing. And, and it doesn't matter what form of astrology you plan on using and even not astrology, other things, maybe you're into the tarot, or maybe you're into, you know, the Kabbalah or whatever it is, this works. It, it's just like it, it adds on to it. It doesn't, it doesn't hinder or contradict. It's just like, it's just like, it's this Another apparent layer. thing. You have a, you have a root rooted foundation in nature and you can build anything from it. So like any direction you want to take in astrology or anything else, life, this can be a foundation for you to understand and build and work on things. A lot of herbalists really love it because herbalism and astrology is their best friends. If you really look at it. Yeah. There's a lot of interse intersection points. Well, where do you think we are based on your system and based on how you perceive the signs and their energies as humans in human history in our current time of human development, what sign would you say corresponds with where we're at now? <laughs> I think, I don't think it's like a, any set thing. It's a very multi-layered. I mean, obviously you could look at the grand year and the, the ages, um, you know, that's, that's a system that, or a cycle that runs roughly 26,000 years, you know, that cycle, the grand year, we call it, um, that moves backwards through the Zodiac, you know, you've heard of the age of Pisces yes, and the yes. age of Aquarius procession of the equinox. You've heard of that. Yeah. So essentially like, uh, that 26,000, that means one degree of the Zodiac is a human lifetime, 72 years, you know, is, is one degree. So, so it's like, we all live for one day of the grand year, you know, each one of our lives is spans roughly one day of the grand year. <laughs> um, if, when you think about it, right. Cause we, that's about the human life. Some people sure. live longer, but, um, 
but yeah, so the cusp of you know the transitioning from say the age of Pisces to age of Aquarius is you know a couple hundred years you know to, to transition from one to the other. But there is something you can notice on that 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 is very valid, um, just in how the over the last roughly two thousand years how much Pisces was definitely a leading force. You know, it was like the head of it. The way I always talk to people is like, think you have the head, which is that where the procession of the equinox is. Then you have the feet in the opposite sign. That's the roots that that, that it, it grows from. And then you have the two arms, which are makes a cross, right? So for the last 2000 years, we've had the age of Pisces being kind of, that's what's growing. And then the roots of it are Virgo, work, slavery, all that kind of stuff, you know, like um, using the earth and, and the plants. That was the roots of the age of Pisces, right? Um, and then the two arms were Gemini and Sagittarius, right? So on one arm, you had religion, belief, stories. On the other, you had the mind, thought, information, right? Science and religion. Um, but now as we're shifting, we're seeing this age of Aquarius, right? First of all, the expansion, right, of the internet, that's about as Aquarius as, as you can get. <laughs> it's like the collective mind, Um connects everything right so so the age of aquarius i think you could say it kind of started to show itself when electricity started being discovered and used you know um in in you know kind of the 1800s the discovery of uranus you know one of the rulers of aquarius that ha all happened and took place you know around that time um but yeah so with the head of this age say that we're approaching into being aquarius it's like community collective right um the root, the foundation is Leo, the self, the ego, the heart, right? Well, look at the internet, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, everyone's expressing, everyone's sharing, and, and you have huge egos, you know, or you have, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, right? It's like, you can, you see all these egos blasting off. And then you also see like, oh, I can express and connect to people like we are right now that are totally. different parts of the globe. And like, we, our hearts can connect. So so that's the power of it, you know, is, is every age has its positive and its negative, just like every sign has its positive expression, negative expression. Um, but yeah, the self, where before it was the work in the age of Pisces, it's the work, it's the Virgo was the roots of it. In this age, the foundation is going to be Leo, right? The heart, the self, the expression. So, um, so that'll be interesting to see. And then the two arms now are moving from Sagittarius and Gemini into scorpio and taurus you know which is power power and form and matter materialism power control you know so those will be the two arms and hopefully it's positive you know each one has its positive and negative and we're going to see both no matter what it's like there's never going to be like a utopia and we're you know <laughs> each age is going to have its its ups and downs but we can already see the the expression of that aquarian age showing as far as uh you know right now where what where we're in and we're seeing the shift of that cross you know going from you know the last 2000 years it was a mutable cross very shifting kind of transitioning and now we're moving into a fixed cross you know and everything's getting much more stubborn and <laughs> you know polarized, hard, yes. hard to move polarize you know and and so so as far as that goes as like if that's looking at the biggest picture but hopefully we can keep that that energy of leo and aquarius in balance and taurus and scorpion so we have to look to the teachings of those 
Um, and and the the Leo and Aquarius one we talked about, right, is like the tyrant to the king, you know, the true king is <laughs> yeah. like this, the servant, you all work for me or do we all, you know, how do we express that? And then the, the, the Aquarius, you know, the, the balance on the other side is so Aquarius is the open mind, right? Leo has an open heart, but you need both. So what's somebody, here's a good example. Um, Leo has this big heart, but what, what's somebody with a huge, big heart, but a closed mind. That's what we call an egomaniac, right? Someone who's in, that's why a lot of our good movies and stories are this egomaniac person. They have a huge heart, but their mind is just tiny, narrow, only focused on themselves. But once that opens, you know, it's like all of a sudden they're like, ah, and and they're a very likable character now, you know, because (laughs) they've opened their mind to beyond just themselves. And now their heart, the big heart, it transformed from the ego to the expression of the heart. So, so Leo needs Aquarius. Leo the self needs to keep an open mind about others and everything, right? Now flip that around. What's someone with a wide, big genius mind and a closed heart? Like the mad scientist, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. I, I know everything and I do it because I can. And you know, that's like science run amok. You know, it's like that's the science fiction movie we almost kind of find ourselves in right now. Right. Um, right. it's that out of <laughs> you know, it's like that 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 Aquarius gone out of control connection with the heart you know so the open mind needs the needs the the open heart and the age of aquarius is that's that's really what it's going to depend on all of humans are we open in our heart or are we closed you know and and that's I think, kind of a good overall way to look at it you know <laughs> i think our hearts will be open and i think there's other indicators like uh the legalization of psychedelics that's going to help people open their hearts people that have not had those experiences yet they're going to be able to because the stigma is gone uh that's just one path Mm -hmm. but tyler my god we've had an incredible conversation (laughs) you have been so generous with your time you're so nice thank you for teaching us all of this incredible information and people out there if you're interested in this if you want to know about the school of living astrology and the programs that are there you can start by going to the chironium.com and i'm going to spell that that's c-h-i-r-o-n-i-u-m the chironium.com it's about chiron that's something we talked about you can listen again in episode 14 and there's consultations the there's the 15 month program that tyler was talking about but there's also just direct consultations if you just want to get a reading if you just want to have interactions with tyler he's available that's also on his website and the school is about to enroll again for this year it's january 11th as we're recording this enrollment begins in february of 2023 and then the school starts on march 21st so that's when the enrollment begins perhaps this is calling to you and you want to be a part of this you want to take the deep dive like tyler was saying into all the things that we were talking about he gave us kind of the bullet points but you can take the deep dive and it's a huge program if you're feeling this go to the website check it out check out what tyler's about do this you know this is something that's definitely huge and it gets again it gets like i said last time it gets my highest recommendation and of course there's a youtube channel as well tyler has a youtube channel the chironium youtube channel you can check that out and there's videos there you can learn more there even 
So Tyler, before we go, what an episode. Thank you for everything. Is there anything you'd like to leave people with before we go? We started last time at 14 countries. Now we're at 155 countries around the world. We have listeners. It's mind blowing. This has grown so much. There's so many cool people that have been on the show. Is there anything you'd like to leave those people with before we go? Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's one thing is that it would be, it's, it's always amazing. I always get excited this time of year, you know, when I'm preparing to, to enroll the new students and um, I get to meet a whole new group every year. Like I said, it's like, I, I feel like I got real lucky being able to like go on journeys with such amazing people every year in a new group and just like share and then learn from them as well. And it's just, it's kind of the, it's kind of the best. And so, so yeah, enrollment, Technically opens like right at the beginning of March. Um, okay. But I do like a little pre-launch where I give some free, you know, material and stuff to uh, let you get a taste for what it's like. You know, that all happens around then. The interesting thing this year is that uh, I have a baby coming <laughs> at the end of February. <laughs> so it's going to be a, a little dance, you know, getting all that uh, prepped and ready. But I've, I'm already starting to work on it. But, um, but yeah, I just, like I said, I think... Um, if anybody wants to join, it'd be great to have you along for the journey. And if not just a consultation, I'm always available. And I do have a smaller program as well, which is like one video a month. It's called the seasonal cosmology program. Um, that also enrollment happens at the same time. And, um, and yeah, and then um, I have a lot coming up too. some potential collaborations with uh, my, my best friend, uh, Seja. He has the, the school of evolutionary herbalism. I've been, um, kind of me on as his full-time photographer videographer and so we've been all of his new blog content i've been helping him make and um we're probably going to team up as well i mean like i was saying earlier <laughs> herbalism and astrology they're like best friends yes, and it's proof because my best friend's yes, an herbalist definitely. my best friend's an herbalist and i'm an astrologer so you know it's it's it, it reflects even in that way but um but yeah we've been working together a lot you know our our two kids are the same age um they're only three weeks apart um they, uh, they also have another one on the way. So, so we've just been spending a lot of time together and, you know, we've known each other since we were, you know, 12 years old and we were just like thinking of ways to collaborate. So yeah, be on the lookout for some collaborations with, uh, Sage Papa with, with Sage, uh, Sage and Whitney over there. And, um, yeah, so a lot coming, coming down, down the pike there. So, Fantastic. but yeah, thank you so much for, for having me on and yeah. Um, great time. Uh, I, I love sharing the, those stories. You know, those, those are the stories that kind of changed everything for me. And then I always share those with people and it changes a lot for people. They're just like really potent little stories. And so, yeah, maybe next time we we're on, we'll do one on the houses or something. Yes, uh, definitely. Um, but yeah, I'd love Part to come three. back again. <laughs> hopefully it's, it'll be sooner than another two years. I think hopefully before 2025, we'll have you back on. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tyler. Deeply appreciate your presence, man. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you. Please hold through the outro music. Everyone, my God, what an incredible episode. That was a deep dive into living astrology. Check out Tyler's website, of course, and we will see you next week. Midnight on Earth.